0: Good day, and welcome to the Frontline Chatter Podcast. My name is Jarian Gibson with co-host Andrew Morgan. Uh, today we have a guest uh, on our Synergy edition in Orlando, um, also presently um, came with beer, so it's always good to come with presents, uh, Jim Moyle of Atlantis. So how's it going today, Jim? It's going really well. Thanks, Jerry. How you doing today, Andy? I'm doing good. Um, this is our first frontline chatter with
1: beers, so I can only imagine what's going to happen next. Um, we were really excited that Jim agreed to talk to us. Um, you guys know Jim Moyle for a long time. You've seen videos of him on Brian Madden. You've seen blog posts on Atlantis. You've seen presentations on PBS. Jim has always been, well, to, known to a lot of people in the storage market, but there's actually a lot more to Jim than meets the eye. So, he is a genius in a lot of other fields, and uh, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, so, kicking things off, tell us who you are, where you came from, and how you ended up here today.
2: Uh, so, thank you very much for the uh, completely undeserved genius title there. Um, uh, before I answer any of your questions, I got uh, a little thank you for you actually. Uh, thank you for putting the time and effort in to set up this brilliant podcast, which I've been listening to and enjoying over the last few weeks, and hopefully everybody else has felt the same as me, so cheers, guys.
0: Thanks very much, but I'm not paying for the beer. <laughs> 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 no, thank you. It is something that, you know, actually this was uh, this was mostly Andy's, I- you know, Andy's idea, you know, he came over it, we started talking back and forth, and you know, we meshed pretty well, so we put it together, and here we are, and I think we're in our plus tenth ep- episode now. This so. will be
1: our second
2: double-digit episode, so
0: yep. thanks,
1: Jim. But thanks. stop deferring, <laughs> Who are you? Where did you come from, buddy?
2: <laughs> so, uh, as you said, Jim Moyle, so I live in London. Uh, as you can possibly tell from the accent, if you're British, that uh, I don't come from there, I come from up, up north in uh, in Blackburn. Been working in and around the uh, desktop virtualisation industry for 20 years, ever since Winframe. Um, currently work for Atlantis, I've worked for Atlantis for the last four and a half years, and really enjoying it there.
1: Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, you know... With Atlantis, you've been there for, for quite some time. You know, we we've seen Atlantis always being a very aggressive, um, from an innovation point of view, in, in the EUC space. So I mean, Ilio was before its time, I'd argue, um, because it tackled the biggest issue in storage. So, you know, what does an an average day of, of Jim Moyle look like in Atlantis
2: today? So I'm I'm very lucky at Atlantis because I get to do all the fun stuff. Okay. So um, I get to uh, work with the product team. Um, I get to do sort of additional tasks, uh, helping with partners and doing partner integration stuff. Uh, I help out with some of the some of the larger deals or some of the more complicated deals in uh, Emir. And uh, I'm also the point of contact for a lot of my colleagues to um, ask for help or if they need any check-in or, or any uh, any any eyes on it. So I get to do all that.
1: So you're an escalation it, as well as you get to do what you like to do. <laughs>
2: Pretty much, yeah. That's awesome. So, I mean, you've obviously watched the
1: product kind of bend, flex, and shape over time. Has, has that been, the, you're clearly still working there, so
2: you've had fun along the way? I have had fun along the way, and uh, it's, it's been really cool to watch the evolution of the product in terms of technology, in terms of polish, in terms of workloads. But also, what the fun part has been watching Atlantis evolve in, in terms of company. So when I first started, I was the only guy in, uh, only technical guy in a mirror. and me and a sales guy used to meet in the local coffee shop and we used to discuss what we were going to do, and you know, I was employee number 32 or something like that. Wow. And uh, Atlantis as a company has has grown up, and sometimes that means that there's growing pains along the way. Is Old ways of doing stuff when you can just pick up the phone to everybody because you know them means that you got extra process and things break and then you fix them and that has also been one of the really interesting part being being part of the growth of a very successful company from start up to where we are now
1: and being able to watch that and and gain that experience and 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 move forward it's uh, it's obviously been a been a very exciting and challenging time for for Atlantis so I just wanted to I mean if you were watching Twitter at all in the last couple of weeks, um, or to be honest, if you were hiding in a cave, you may not have been aware of this, but Atlantis obviously announced a big, lovely storage appliance. So I just wanted to congratulate you guys on that one. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of a piece of feedback that I've given USX over time that sometimes you need a badged option. Um, it, takes, it, simpl- it simplifies the solution. So I just wanted to say congratulations on that and get your feedback on what you think about the, the, the appliance and the approach that they've made.
0: Yes, uh, congrats as well, too, and you know, likewise with Andy saying, you, know, you guys having that badge of appliance, you know, the, the customer not having to go out and procure the hardware, for the software on it, you know, having that solution tied in the box was definitely something needed by you guys, so congratulations.
2: Thanks very much. So it is, it's sort of an interesting evolution for us because having been a, a software-only company for, for the whole of our life, um, what we used to do very, very well was large enterprise where being a software uh, solution means that you are endlessly configurable and you can fit and and mold the solution into the exact shape that the customer needs. And we've been very successful in in that area. What we haven't been so good at is the small to medium business area where that amount of uh, available options, that amount of configuration, that amount of sizing options can be very confusing and and, you know, if you're a guy who's got 18 different products to manage and you're looking at this and go, I don't want to do that, can I just buy a box please? And that market for for those guys and exactly what you're saying is why we brought out this badge box and uh, it means that we can guarantee that it's configured correctly, we can guarantee that the performance is good. And that, in a very simple way, and that's what we see as Hyperscale doing for us. And what I noticed about the product
1: was you're not just boxing on a single piece of hardware. You are giving the customer a couple of options of hardware vendors. So while I wasn't sure about that approach up until a few weeks ago, I was dealing with a with an enterprise in Ireland who had a, an agreement with with a hardware vendor. And to, in order to purchase hardware in any shape or form, it was infinitely easier for them to buy via that hardware partner. So by utilising the appliance in the way that you guys have it's actually open to yourselves up not just to a single hardware vendor but you can also allow the customer to use their current sales channels so personally i thought that was brilliant and it was an oversight on my side to think that one hardware partner was the right thing to do
2: so around that so especially you've got um customers they they've got hp or they've got dell or they've got whatever yeah and they know how that works they've got automation for it everything single solution they have got a single patch level they know how it works and to try and then squeeze in a different piece of tin uh, to what they've got already can actually be a a difficult conversation with the customer because they say look i don't want a a super micro box we don't have any of that i don't know it i don't care about it we don't have any relationships with the local people from there i want to be able to build on all of that stuff and use the hardware appliance as well. So in that way, it's actually working very well for us. And it's kind of almost a side effect that we didn't really um, know up front. And it's just been as talking to customers and as going out with this thing, it's come across that way.
1: So yeah, I mean, I I think it's a great approach. And I really welcome you guys into into the the kind of racked and stacked approach. Um, And I have to say, I love the bezel. The bezel is the most burly bezel I've ever seen. It just screams kind of macho. And what I really want to see is I want to see a couple of racks full of these with a little bit of back red lighting. And you're probably going to get as close as you can to Hell's Data Center, <laughs> <laughs> just with the red lighting and the black. It just it, it looks really nice.
0: The other thing too, I like to say too, also is just um, going from the the admin experience from just USX by itself to the screenshots I saw. Of the admin experience um, on the appliance, looks like you guys have done a lot of work to to streamline and improve that as well for the admin side, so they're not having to do as much to deploy. So
1: just on on the appliance uh, question, and I'm wondering a little off topic, but it just popped into my head. Um, like, is this uh, appliance di- like directly marketed at data center virtualization, or are you guys focusing on EUC with this, or are you doing a bit of both?
2: So, EUC is always going to be a really important workload for us, it's where we grew up, and it's, it means that you know, it's, it's still a horrible storage workload, right? Yeah. But, um, with this approach, effectively we're targeting anything, so we're going to be general purpose storage, and uh, again, as a company growing up, we've got loads and loads of EUC experts in the company. We're having to hire new people with new skills to cope with the fact that we're addressing all workloads now instead of just uh, more specialized niche workloads.
1: That's great. So you're so kind of high tide floats all boats, if that's fair to say? I have no idea what
2: that means, but I'll go for yes.
1: Uh, the platform is so flexible that you yeah. can actually okay. do it all. So uh, One thing I didn't notice, and um, this may be complete, pl- completely my ignorance, but I mean, obviously this is a hyperconverged product, but you guys went all flash.
2: So talk to me about that. So... A lot of people have been doing a combination of flash and SAS. So you use the flash for acceleration, you use the SAS for capacity. Um, We can do that, and we have got lots of successful deployments with that model. But because we could control the bill of materials for the appliance, and we had this choice to make we had a choice to all flash or all flash and disk. And because we've got uh, a, a great d engine, so we'll traditionally see about 75% percent d on a heterogeneous workload. 75%? Yeah. Jesus, okay, good. <laughs> it, it means that we can actually buy local flash, and it will give us, along with the d on top, the capacity we need. And, you know, if you've got a choice of going all flash nowadays, you know, th- why, not, why not do that? Absolutely. Okay, so
1: if I if I understand correctly, your engine is so powerful, and your Djupe engine is so powerful that you really don't need the slower spinning disc to achieve the, 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 the density capacity. that you the want. Capacity. It
2: to yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So yeah, and and that's the whole idea around uh, um, being able to keep the price of the appliance low and being able to get the performance right up there by using all flash.
1: So I mean, this is this is a big transition for. I know Atlantis have been doing USX for a while, but I mean, your 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 primary cutting teeth. Uh, product was uh, wasilio. Is that fair to say? Yep, absolutely. So, you guys have moved into the HCI market with one very big vendor and other people currently springing out. Now, I, you, I know you guys are already in that space, but I just mean from a badged point of view. Like, how do you feel about the hyperconverged market going from what we used to have to do with the desktop virtualization to the current platform in a state? Like, is this a workload or is this a an architecture that we should be embracing going forward? So. Uh,
2: I absolutely believe so. Uh, it's not just me. There's uh, customers I've talked to, and I've had a CIO turn around to me and says, we're building a new data centre. Um, there is not going to be no shared storage. Uh, none at all. And I said, I didn't believe him. I said, no, you will have workloads.' And he uh, okay, maybe, but only by exception. And I think that uh, if you're doing Greenfield... Or you're doing some expansion, then uh, hyperconverged in these forward-thinking enterprises is absolutely the way to go, and it, it's driven by effectively Moore's law, right? Because you're getting so much capacity and power in terms of RAM and CPU, and now with the advent of cheap and available flash storage, is finally catching up to where uh, CPU speeds are. Um, it means that you can 10 gig as well, 10, yeah. So you so you can do this grid architecture. You can spread all the network load. Yeah, it's an idea whose whose time has come, but it's it's naturally so just because the evolution and the uh, advances in the hardware around.
1: Okay, that that that, that's that's fair enough. I mean, the ILIO approach was always kind of fronting whatever potentially crap sand you have behind and and accelerating the guts out of it. So with USX, it's it's a natural progression, really. You're just not giving them the crap sand to accelerate by cleverness. So you know, I I think that's a, a good point. Cheers. Cheers. So, so um, moving moving on from that, I mean, you guys are obviously entering into a market where it's very hot at the moment. There are a number of big players. You guys have been in there for quite some time, but in order to in order to really put your elbows in, what are what are Atlantis going to do next to kind of get up there, get talking, and get um get get seen on on, on the same par and level as, as the rest of the big players?
0: And also, too, just to add, you know, with you guys entering the hardware space and changing your support because you're owning the stack now. Um, is that a big logistics issue as, as well, or are you guys kind of plan that out with with this launch?
2: So the logistics issue is, is interesting, and we're actually uh, partnering with uh, somebody I can't quite give the name away at, right now because it's uh, it's not uh, it's not signed in blood. Um, but yeah, we, we've got a really good partner in play to help us out with the logistics because we're a software company. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't want to get involved. My CEO doesn't want to get involved in selling, uh, sort of moving bits of hardware around as a company. So we're definitely going to have to, to partner our way uh, around that issue. So, yeah, that's how we're going to approach the, the logistics stuff. Was there, was there another part to that question? I can't remember.
1: No, I was just, um,
2: you know, y- your company went through in transition
1: and and you you, you became a little more aggressive, even by brand.
2: Ah, uh, So yeah, I'm, yeah. Ju- I'm
1: just I'm just curious to, to know, or if there's anything you can tell us about how Atlantis are really going to get out there and put their elbows apart and put their head up,
2: you know? Yeah, so... Um, First thing, be really good at what you're doing, right? Absolutely. Get get a great product and get a great team. Now, there is always all that marketing stuff that goes along with it that, I, I, I'm not massively keen on that side of the business. I don't like it, um, but uh, our marketing team are great. The rebrand for Atlantis, which the more aggressive, so so we're just taking a much more aggressive stance in the, in the market in, in terms of how we're going about stuff and and uh, and how we're selling stuff. So it, it's again, it's an interesting change within Atlantis as to, as to how that's happened.
1: Oh, well, that's great. So look, I don't want to pick your brains about Atlantis all day. I know while it is it is kind of etched into your fabric at the moment, I want to talk more about you. So, uh, what I want to know is, on a personal note, aside from Atlantis, what does Jim like to do? Is there anything in the market space at the moment that you watch keenly, but it is not necessary to do
2: with your desktop job? So, um, effectively, there's a couple of things, well, I it is to do with the desktop job, I love this stuff. And uh, there's a couple of things that I've been really watching, getting involved with, getting to do some testing with. Uh, that is the new Citrix Lifecycle Management product. I've actually got a session on that uh, at Synergy tomorrow. Uh, Syn 508, if you uh, hear this in time. and um, I will make it so. <laughs> <laughs> There's your commitment. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, the power of that platform and uh, deployment, monitoring, scaling, tear down... Being on a SaaS plane and being able to talk to local and uh, cloud infrastructure, I think is really cool. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think uh, Citrix has done a good job with it. Extreme, who, who originally developed the product before their acquisition, also did a great job with it. So I've been really impressed with that. The other thing that's uh, really exciting me is um, uh, disk app attachment, disk-based app attachment. So they calling it containers or layering. Um VMware with their app volume stuff, uh, FS logics and to a certain degree uh, unidesk as well uh, Liquidware, although I do need to open up the the package on that and and, and play with it well fortunately uh, Jane
1: I'll make it sell if you're listening <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, so I think that area is is really exciting at the moment and it's developing really fast you know whether you do the the disk attach in windows or whether you do it at the hypervisor layer and ha- how you reveal ha- apps and how you hide them or or, or cloak them um, is really cool because it's just instantaneous delivery of apps on a on a user basis and I think it gets around a lot of the old problems that we've been running with and coping with over the years you know like uh, there's all the stuff that V was meant to solve but never did and the simplicity of the approach i think is, is really cool so i mean jumping on the, on
1: the scale of stream bandwagon so i mean this is stuff that's going to come out in the next couple of days because while it's been spoken about it, not much detail was in the first keynote so uh, it's, it's, it's all an automation play isn't it i mean i think from a virtualization point of view we have gotten lazy on the automation side of things having vms and having images that you can spin out is is great and all that, but there's always an underlying um, automation play, and I hope to see that in the uh, lifecycle management product from Citrix.
0: And then uh, also too, back on the uh, the app layering, the the app is piece as well. It'd be interesting to see what other players do in, in the market. You know, we're we're still waiting to see something from Citrix. Um, you know, maybe there's an acquisition out there somewhere because you're seeing Unity as partner pretty heavily now with Microsoft. Um, FS Logic has, has a great solution. Look at World Labs solution also. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, does Microsoft make a move in that market? Does Citrix develop something in-house? Or do they make an acquisition? So it's good to watch that space and see what happens.
1: Oh, yeah, I love that. I love the app layering market. I mean, even if you're to take app layering at its rawest form and look at AppV, um, one of the biggest issues and risks with AppV in and 5.0 and onwards in large environments is that scale-out file server running your, your online apps. If even at its rawest form, you pop your shared cache into some kind of layered in app volume. Immediately, you have high availability at the storage level, not relying on SMB, and you can quickly script it and move on from that. So uh, forgetting about all of the other players, that's just one area I see great value for AppV on its own. So I was asked (laughs) to ask you a question about a hot spoon in a bar, and I was intentionally not told the end result, mm-hmm. um, because apparently it's an, a hilarious story.
0: No, it uh, it is a hilarious story. I just didn't want to, to butcher it or ruin it or, or do Jim any disservice by trying to tell it. But it was, I think the last or the very first synergy in San Francisco. I think we were at the bar one night, and he starts telling me and my, my wife the, this this story about you know. He said, "I got to hear it and let Jim tell it." <laughs>
2: Uh, you've built it up too much, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we, we, we've, we've, yeah, we've buried you now.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, it was uh, drinks in a bar in Chicago after a Forum. forum. Uh, one of the great things about coming to conferences, the networking, and we, we were having a great time talking tech over beers in a bar. Uh, There's about five or six of us there. And uh, a couple of guys who had obviously been out drinking at some sports event all day and were incoherent decided that we were their best friends for the night. <laughs> and every time we started talking tech, they would burst in and go, "Oh no, what's this rubbish to talk about something else more interesting." So they were slightly getting on on Earth. And uh, in, in, a, in a moment of ingenuity, drunken ingenuity, I decided to convince them that the best thing for serious hardened drinkers for them, as, as them to do was to get a spoonful of vodka hold a lighter under it till it was boiling hot, and then snort it up their noses.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> FYI, uh, uh,
2: listeners, please don't do this at home.
1: Yes. Carry on. <laughs> yes. Please do not try this at home.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: apparently, this is a very sore thing to do. Oh. Uh, and they ran away quite quickly. And uh, everyone at the table was uh, reasonably impressed about the ingenuity of getting rid of them in that manner. Uh, I've never done it again. I don't advise doing it. I don't think uh, people should be doing it, but yeah, that was the story from uh, from Chicago.
1: Oh, that okay, that that, that makes. It, <laughs> although having been out with the CDPs and the community at these kind of events, that's probably tame compared to most of what we see. So um look uh, on a, on a closing note, I mean, we're obviously at citrix synergy here on 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 uh, you know supporting Citrix in their in their latest conference. Um, have you been enjoying the conference so far?
2: I always adore um, these sort of events because, A, you get to learn a whole bunch of, of uh, things from your peers. and B, they, just the catching up with uh, the CDP community, the community at large, I find immensely value, both on a professional and a perso- on a personal level. And uh, you come away with relationships that are, are so good. You know, If you've got a problem at work, you know, I can just call up one of the other CDPs and say, I know you've done this, you spoke about it. How do, how can I do it too? And and having that kind of relationships at your fingertips is, is one of the great values of uh, of stuff like this.
1: Absolutely, I mean, and you you I mean even specifically with CDP, you can be as critical about uh, Citrix as as you want in general about any number of facets. But the one thing I will do is I will credit Citrix for their Technology Partner Program or Technology Professional Program, and um, it is like. No other professional or no other program out there. They do such a great job. It's like one big happy family, and it creates this unbelievable relationship with everybody else in the program. So for that, I will say cheers. And I, I, on close, I would ask you to raise your bottles, say thanks very much for the beer, Jim, to Citrix. To Citrix. Cheers, Thank guys. you,
0: Jim. And I just want to second Andy's thing on CTP Group and in the community. You know, let, Let's keep it going. Uh, also, the recently announced Citrix CUG uh, community as well. Um, so, you know, it's good to see them doing something along those lines, um, organizing that. Hopefully the next step will be getting licensed out to the community because that's one big thing, um, that I've been seeing requests for. So, so cheers and let's enjoy tomorrow's keynotes. And, uh, thank you again to our guest, Mr. IOPS, Jim Moyle, um, for myself and Andy Morgan. This is the Frontline Chatter Podcast and we'll talk to you next time. Cheers, cheers
2: guys. Cheers.